Just blaze. Yeah. You're now listening to Coalition.com. Hey everyone, this is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to and watching, you know, you might be in the live, uh, the React podcast from thecoalition.com. And uh, today we will be, you know, discussing the Xbox games showcase that happened earlier today. And, you know, I had to assemble a fine bunch of people here so that we could, you know, really get down to the nitty gritty with this uh, discussion topic here. So, uh, of course, I'm here with Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing, Rich? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? Yeah, what's up indeed, indeed. And I'm also here with Miss Dana Abercrombie. How you doing, Dana? Hello, everyone. I'm doing great. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, you know, shouts to Dana for all the Comic-Con coverage, which, you know, I just discovered on the site myself. Um, looks like she's putting in some serious work today, and I know she's very tired. But, you know, she had to be here to talk about her beloved Xbox Series X. So, yes, <laughs> 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 Jokey jokes. And uh, we, we also had to bring back Blast from the Past, you know, one of the people we've really been missing here on the Coalition. And that's Mr. Max Muller. How's it going, Max? It's been a while. Hello, hello, everyone. It's good to be back. It's going good. Glad to hear it. And, and before yeah. we uh, before we get into the show and everything, like what have you been up to lately? What have you been working on? Um, I've mostly just been doing my own thing. Uh, I do a lot of freelance, like ghostwriting and everything, to pay the bills. Um, I'm working on slowly becoming a YouTuber again instead of doing journalism, because um, I'm starting to think journalism isn't as much for me. And uh, other than that, though, I've just been hanging out mostly. I'm trying to take more time off work than I used to so that I don't get burnt out. Like, the last, like, year of my life has really been working on balancing work and life to prevent burnout and things like that. And uh, I think it's been going pretty well for the most part. So I've just been chilling, playing as many games as I can. Sounds good, man. Um, I really feel what you were saying about, you know, games media, you know, you finding out it, it wasn't for you. Um, I don't want to get too deep into it, of course, but like I've, I've felt like that too over the years. But, you know, that's why um, I'm glad that I have the coalition as well, because it's, you know, it it's, it's a very different space than, you know, traditional video games media. And it's, you know, it, it's owned by us and we can, you know, shape it how we want it to be. Um, but yeah, I, I feel what you're saying about you know, um, you know the games media, and it is it is really cool that you you know you're getting back into doing your own channel. Because when I saw the videos you were making last time, like you would you stepped up the editing and everything a lot, and they were looking good. So um, you know if if you are uh, if you get back to doing that, I'm definitely gonna share it so people can see it and everything. So um, shouts to you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. 
And yeah, that's that's what's nice about Coalition, actually, is it, it just feels like a group of friends, like, talking about games all the time, which yeah. is, like, awesome. <laughs> and that's kind of what I feel like a lot of games media should be. I feel like nowadays it's just gotten pretty toxic. It's gotten, like, a lot of talking down to people and things like that, and it just turns me off. I don't like all the hostility. <clears throat> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, you took the worst route out of my mouth there, so... That's a fact. <laughs> yeah. But, um... But yeah, you know, um, and like you said, you know, we're, we're just a bunch of, of friends that like to discuss things. And today there is a lot to be discussed. Uh, so, <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So uh, first of all, you know, we are streaming in three places today. We are streaming on YouTube. We are streaming on Twitch and we are streaming on Twitter. I believe um, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to check that just to make sure it's, it's working. But if you guys see any gl- glitches or any problems, please let me know. Because, uh, you know, sometimes there can be difficult uh, technical difficulties if you're streaming more than one place at a time. Um, so, yeah, uh, definitely uh, definitely send us a message or something if you see anything funny, you know, with the streaming. But uh, with that being said, you know, let's get right into the the discussion for today. Uh, which is, you know, the Xbox Games Showcase. So, um, you know, it's it's been a while. I can't remember uh, the last time Xbox had a stream. Was it was it in uh, was it in May or something? That first one they had. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they had one back in May, and you know, in in my opinion, I wasn't really feeling that one because it just looked like a Google Hangout or a Zoom or something. And, you know, uh, what they showed wasn't particularly impressive for me. If you're, if you're, you know, if you're talking next gen, like a completely new generation, you know, I didn't, I didn't really like how they presented that, you know, back in May. Uh, but now, you know, we, since, since then we've had, of course, the, the PlayStation showcase. Um, and, you know, now Xbox, you know, it was time for them to come back again and give us, you know, another dose of what they have in store, you know, for the Xbox Series X and, you know, the incoming generation. Um, so we're going to get into, you know, ha- what we thought of all of this. But, um, you know, real quick, I'm just going to give a rundown on some of the games that was on, on this, you know, in this showcase just to, you know, refresh our memories a bit. Um, I might have missed a couple maybe, I'm not sure, but if you guys, you know, remember it you guys can add on to and you know i'm going to give you your chance to discuss things that you uh that stood out to you personally as well so um some of the games you know that were shown in the showcase um of course halo infinite which was the very first thing we saw um state of decay 3 forza motorsport echo generation exo mecha tell me why ori and the willow wisps uh, As Dusk Falls, Everwild, Crossfire X, New Genesis, Fantasy Star Online 2, uh, The Gunk, Warhammer, 40,000, uh, is that 40,000? Yeah, 40,000, Darktide, Destiny 2, Beyond Light, Stalker 2, Psychonauts, The Outer Worlds, Perilon, Gorgon, um, Avowed, uh, and Tetris Effect Connected. Fable, which was the very last teaser, and then you know before the show there was also a couple announcements too. There was um, there was Balan Wonderful, which I didn't see at all. 
Um, and then there was an announcement about uh, Dragon Quest Eleven S coming to the Xbox. Um, so yeah, that that's just you know that's a list of some of the things, some of the notable things that we saw during the showcase. So I'm going to get to you guys, you know, individually, and you guys can tell me, you know, what stood out to you personally during the showcase. And you can also, you know, take the time to give some critiques or you just, just just let us know how you felt, you know, about the, sh- the, the showcase in general. So I'm going to go to you first, Miss uh, uh, Dana Abercrombie, if you're ready. If you're not ready, it's fine. I'll come back to you. I'm right here. I'm ready. Okay. Um, okay. So I know if a lot of people didn't like the show, I thought it was perfectly stop laughing. I thought it was fine. You had a little bit over an hour of just pure games. People was always complaining. Where are the games? We got a lot of games that they announced. Um, they announced more. You know, if you watch the pre-show, they also announced Hello. What was it? Hello. Um, oh God. Hello Neighbor Two, which I thought looked really good. It had a very creepy vibe. If you played the first Hello Neighbor, and it basically looked like a guy who was trying to kill another guy. Um, so that. To me, for the for the pre-show, Hello Neighbor 2 and Balan Wonderworld really stood out for me. Um, I also like Echo Mecha, which is free to play, so yay. Um, in regards to the main show, I love the trailer for State of Decay 3. Um, it's really great to see a female person of color in you know the lead of the story. Um, tell me why really really had me captivated this is more like a, a story driven uh, game where it is from what I can understand it was the son was about to be murdered by his mother and in an act of self defense he killed his mother when he was a kid and it's kind of him trying to remember and going back to the scene of the crime of everything that happened and he's on this journey along with his sister in order to fully know what happened on that night because he was so young so that stood out for me Ori will live the wisp the graphics that looked really beautiful uh outer world's tale of gorgon that looked great grounded was one of those other games that just i thought was adorable the trailer itself was really fun um the game, you know, it's about, it's, I guess you would call them tiny-sized people trying to get back home. I, it doesn't really fully explain how they got to that size, but it looked great. Uh, Stalker 2, that looked very creepy as well. Um, and that was, the medium was a very weird game that I think you had to probably do with psychic abilities. And it just was told in this very horror style type way so I look I like those games okay so um was so was there anything like that you um that you thought was missing from the stream or anything in general that you the price of the game packs okay it was all just like prices because the games that they offered was fine Mm -hmm. then also there was a trailer that we had where there was going to be starting today there's 70 free demos that you can play right now Um, so I thought everything that they showed was okay you're not giving me a price 
And that is the driving force for me to get a new console. The game could be great, but I want to know how much it costs. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's what a lot of us want to know at this point. But, um... And also, one last thing, I still did not get my WWE No Mercy remastered, so I'm very angry about that. <laughs> you might be waiting like a, you might be waiting for like a whole another generation before there's any news of that. I will, I will still, I'll come back as a ghost, just still waiting for my game. Okay, well, I pray that you get that game someday. <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm gonna oh. go to Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. now. Um, so Rich. You know what, what? What's your thoughts on uh, what was shown during the showcase? And you know, do you have any critiques? Anything you felt was missing? Anything you would have liked to have seen? You know, let us know. Uh, well, I actually have a lot of critiques, but uh, I'm gonna try to to keep it a little condensed. Um, so first off, yeah, the I have to say this: I was not a fan of the pre-show. I know that there was a few uh, different uh, personalities that they had on the show, which is fine. You know, you got to have a, a a good array of people because I know I saw Ninja on there, and then there's a lot of other YouTubers I'm not entirely familiar with that was on the show, uh, which is fine. I mean, I'm glad that they tried to have more people on the show, but uh, I just was not impressed with anything on the pre-show. Uh, now, the, the games that they did show. Uh, Balan, wonderful. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Uh, I, I have to give Square Enix props because they have a lot of games that they're, they're, they're working on. Some games exclusive to one console or the other, or certain games that are a timed exclusive, so on and so forth. I'm just surprised Square Enix is making so many different types of games. Uh, so I have to give them props for that for sure. But yeah, that 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 that, that was cool to see another new game coming from Square Enix. So that's always something to look forward to. Getting into the actual show, though, um, so I, I do agree with Dana. With Dana, State of Decay three, I wasn't really expecting to see that, but I, I am glad to see they're working on that. I appreciated the trailer, but I still would love to see some gameplay at some point. You know, I feel like a lot of these games are still early in development. Uh, Forza also, because I was surprised to see Forza because you know typically. Whenever Microsoft releases, like when they when they have their fall lineup coming, you always expect it to be some type of Forza game. And from what we saw today, I don't think that that Forza Motorsport game is launching on Series X. That looks like that will be coming next year because we didn't really see much of anything from that. But uh, yeah, it's good to know that it's coming. Um, as for some other games that I thought that I was somewhat impressed by. Um, I have to give a shout out to Obsidian because the Avowed game looks interesting. I mean, obviously, we didn't see too much of that game, but I have to be honest and say, of all the games that Obsidian is working on right now, that's maybe the game I'm most interested in because I want to see exactly, I mean, they're obviously known for RPGs, so I definitely want to see more from that game. Uh, The Honey, I Shrunk the Kids video game that Dana mentioned, Grounded, that looks like that'll be a nice little fun experiment. I don't know if it, I, I'm not sure if it's the type of game that's going to pull in 
like a lot of people that want to actually try it out. I, I definitely am interested in it just to try it out, and it is going to be in uh, Xbox Game Preview, I believe, on the twenty eighth. So I will get a chance to check that out and see how it is next week. But um, that looks cool. Uh, Fable. I, I know there has been long, long been a lot of rumors about this game, and finally we got confirmation today. It is in development. Playground. Uh, listen, I, I know Playground. I respect a ton of all the work that they've done on the Forza series, so I know that that game is going to be something special. But obviously, based on that trailer we saw today, I don't think that game is coming anytime soon because it's like, it, it, and that is really my general critique of the whole show. It's like a lot of the stuff that we saw, like some of it was gameplay, but mo mostly it was the cinematic trailers, which lets me know that this stuff is still very early in development. Uh, Hellblade 2, the update we got on that, we didn't really see anything from Hellblade 2. They were just telling you, look at Ninja Theory's YouTube page for a behind-the-scenes uh, where they talk about some of the stuff that they're doing for the game, which is cool, but I don't really feel as though a lot of this stuff that we saw was um, is not really that close to being done. And two other quick points I want to make before you go to Max. There were some things in the showcase that I questioned why it was there, uh, because it's not something that I would have put in the showcase per se, but I would have made a, a, a post on the Xbox News site or some type of video on the YouTube channel just talking about it. Perfect example, Ori in the Will of the Wisp. When they announced that it's getting an update on Sirius X, I don't really think that was something that needed to be in the show because you could have just made a news post on that or a video on the Xbox YouTube channel and left it at that. You didn't need to actually take up time with that. And then also, Psychonauts 2, which is a game that we knew was coming, although... I must admit, I was not a fan of the musical performance that we got from Jack Black. So I was like, some of this stuff, I don't really think it's needed, necessary to be in the conference. I know they want to try and get as many people interested in what they have to offer, which I appreciate. But for somebody like me, I'm like, I, I know when I see a game right away, whether or not I'm going to be interested in it. And that was one thing I didn't think needed to be in the show, per se. Uh, and then also... Destiny 2 Beyond Light We already knew that Destiny 2 was coming To Xbox and Series X What we didn't know I guess was the Game Pass Information which they confirmed today Which is fine but that again Is something I would not have had in the show Because I mean people When they heard that this show was Mainly talking about first party stuff I want to see what the first party is, is working on And at least or at least hear about it As opposed to everything that Microsoft has coming uh, At launch um, and the very last point that I will make before you go to Max, uh, Halo Infinite. <laughs> yes, Halo oh. Infinite. Um, I will say this because I know that the Banished is a part of the storyline, that gets me very interested in the game. Because if you've ever played Halo Wars 2, uh, Atriox, who was the main antagonist in that game, this is a character, it's just a badass villain. So I'm glad that he is going to be a part of, of, of Halo Infinite, but I have to question where does Cortex fall into this? Because if you finish Halo 5 campaign, what they were setting up was really promising where it looks like Cortex was going to be on the opposing side, meaning that you were now going to have to deal with, deal with her. And I didn't really get any indication of that whatsoever in the trailer, so I don't really know 
which direction it's going, although I am invested because I want to see that battle between Atriox and Master Chief. No doubt about that. But we have to address this and say, this game did not in any way, shape, or form look like this should be a game on Xbox Series X. This looks like a game that I can play right now on Xbox One. Um, maybe even Xbox 360. I mean, it just did not look that impressive. And I, I think if you are making this a launch title for Serious X, it really is falls upon you to really sell this to the people. Now, I know in the trailer they said about, oh, this will be the best version that you play on Serious X, and they talk about, you know, it's an expensive environment, all this other stuff, but I couldn't really see that in the stream because the quality of the stream, I guess it was 1080p, although it feels like it was a lot less, it wasn't a 4K presentation for this particular game. And if you've seen conferences in the past or when Sony has their uh, state of play events, they always present the presentation in 4K, which makes it look even better. So when I looked at this by comparison, it just did not look like look as though it was impressive. Obviously, it's a Halo game. We know what to expect from Halo, so it's still going to be a good game. But visually, this didn't look like this was going to be a game that would just blow me away visually. That doesn't mean it's going to be a good game. It just it, it didn't look the quality of what I would expect from a Halo game. And that was probably the early build footage. I'm pretty sure of that. Because uh, we're still a ways away from release. But I'm definitely expecting this game to look even better than it looked today when we actually get the final product uh, later this year. Um, but aside from that, I do like the direction of the storytelling of what, what they could be going. I have a lot of questions, obviously, about where they're ultimately going. But I have to say, that was good. But overall, the show, better than the May conference... But I, in no way, in no way, shape, or form, would I say it was the best Xbox conference that they've ever had. No, no way, no way. But hey, better than May, so I'll give them credit for that. <laughs> so, Rich, uh, Reggie said, uh, "I guess this the serious X isn't that serious." <laughs> <laughs> well, no. He, well, listen, he's right. He's right. He's right. He is listen. Right. The, the, the one thing I will say, and I, I don't want to go too off topic because I know we, we still need to get Max's opinions and then we can talk about a few other things. I will say this. I have to applaud that Phil Spencer is at least trying to build the first party up, but he has a lot of work cut out for him because Microsoft has had opportunities in the past to pick up certain franchises. So we've had this discussion multiple times on the co-op where they could have they had a chance to get Mass Effect and have that as an exclusive on Xbox a long time ago and then they said no and now the thing about it is that when you look at what Microsoft is doing now it is disappointing uh, in the sense that it doesn't feel like they're doing enough with the first party stuff we can say it's all early stages but it's a little conflicting because when I see a news report talking about Microsoft is considering having you know you know acquiring Warner Brothers in the games underneath Warner Brothers thing and then nothing happens with that and we don't hear no updates about that then it gets annoying because I feel like Microsoft does need to do something like that in order to really convince people that you are really getting serious about your first party lineup they, I mean they need they need a megaton in my opinion and I understand a lot of fanboys don't like that, but that's just my personal opinion. If they was to acquire Warner Brothers and then they said that the next Batman Arkham game is going to be an Xbox exclusive, that would uh, that would that would definitely definitely get a lot more people interested in Xbox. Um, 
Same thing for Mortal Kombat. If they said we're going to make a game where we have Mortal Kombat versus Killer Instinct, hell yes, that would definitely get people interested and invested in Xbox a lot more. But until they do something like that, or they show what the other studios are working on, and it just so happens that those games, that the game that they're working on is a very big deal, I feel like they're always going to be playing catch-up in terms of trying to prove that they have... Uh, they're, they're working towards having a strong first pro, first party lineup, so we'll see what happens. But uh, I have to say that today's show um, better than the May event, but I think they are definitely capable of putting on a better show. But I guess only mm-hmm. time will tell when they actually are able to do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we're cutting it very close now. I mean, uh, if you think about it, November's not that far away, so. Um, Wait, hold on. No, November. Is that, well, hold when, on. Uh, is that when it's out? Well, hold on a second. Who 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 told you that information, Gary? You you are um, you are spreading rumors here, good sir. Oh oh. November oh, November no, November is is the release date. Oh my bad. I'm I'm giving up secrets. My bad. <laughs> nah, no, I'm totally no, joking. I'm, I'm totally joking. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's gonna launch in November since all the games that. A lot of the games they said, oh yeah, like Assassin's Creed coming out in November, and that's also a launch title for Sirius X, so I'm pretty sure it is going to be November, unless Microsoft decides to change that date. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah I mean, November is, is certainly the most likely date, because I mean, after that is December, and I mean, you know, uh, I mean, you could release in December, but I, I think November is just a better window to release, just to give it some time, you know, for the initial reactions to settle in before the holiday season and everything. So, um, yeah. So yeah, and, we'll, and we'll see. Go ahead. And, and let me just and let me just throw in one 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 last thing, one last point before you go to Max. In regards to Microsoft and Max the install. Oh, oh no no Matt Max is definitely going next. I don't mind. In, in, I don't mind. In, 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 in response, I, I just want to make this point very quickly. What I got a kick out of this presentation, every time Microsoft has the world premiere, console exclusive, console launch exclusive, I laughed every time I saw those games because I'm thinking to myself, anyone that looks at that, they're like console launch exclusive. Well, that means that I can just wait for the game to come out on PS5 or PS4 and then I'll play it. So it's like, I mean, although I will say Crossfire X, I'll definitely be I'll definitely be playing that. But uh, all the stuff that's a console launch exclusive, when you know it's coming to the other platform, that still is not an incentive for me personally to say I need to pick up an Xbox uh, Series X on day one because I know that this is something that it's only going to be available on this console at launch, but it will be coming to other platforms later. So I find it funny that that strategy is still. A strategy that they are using because it's i mean it works for games like final fantasy gary and you can you can uh, you can approve of this because final fantasy 7 uh remake that's on ps4 and i i, I don't know how, for how long it's going to be exclusive to that console could be forever but that's a perfect example when you talk about you want to have a console uh exclusive that's what microsoft may need to consider in the future um but that's just my personal opinion <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I, I agree. But yeah, some uh, those are some very uh, controversial thoughts there, and um, 
you know, I, I, I do agree with a lot. Um, and I have, you know, some more questions, which I'll, I'll probably reserve for later on because, you know, we still need to get to Max. But very quickly, and, you know, Max can chime in as well here because uh, with Halo Infinite, you know, I'm a very casual Halo player and everything. So I want to understand more about uh, Halo Infinite because it, it does look great. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, when, when you're getting into a, a new generation, um, you know, like we are now, like the games aren't gonna look next gen straight away. You, there needs to be some development time before you know developers get used to the the next gen tech and everything. And more than likely, they're creating um, games that are gonna be backwards compatible friendly, so that they they can be later released on you know the previous consoles as well and stuff like that. So. So, um, so you know, uh, I saw a lot of people talking about the graphics and how it doesn't look next gen, but you you need to give it at least two to three years before we start to really see, you know, um, next gen graphics like people were expecting. Um, so I'm I'm not you know I'm not gonna uh, really comment on Halo's graphics here like at all because <laughs> it, it looks it looks good enough, but I just wanted to ask a few questions about the direction of the game period. Um, yeah. So, like, you know, this game is a is an open world Halo, right? Essentially, like, you can you can free roam and stuff at at will or something. Is that is that, that uh, the idea of this game? Based on the marketing and the uh, yeah, that's essentially what it is. I don't know how accurate that is in terms of everything, but yeah, that's what it, it would would appears to be for right now. It's kind of it's supposed to be like hybrid levels. They're not linear, per se, but they're not supposed to be open world. They're just, like, levels that give you a couple of different uh, lanes of approach for, like, combat and everything, as far as I understand. Mm -hmm. Which they tried to do with Halo 5, and they did okay at. I don't love the level design in Halo 5. Um, but yeah. Okay, that's cool. So, like, um, you know, in the, uh... In the cinematic that they showed, like, the story and everything, like, there was that big ring thing is the game like basically centered around is it to do with that basically like that big halo ring or whatever it is that they were looking at on the ship like how does that tie into the game from a narrative perspective uh halo the halo ring is basically what the first three games were all about like if i'm not mistaken the entire first game takes place on the ring okay and what these rings are essentially are uh, there's a couple of them there's like seven or so spread out across the entire galaxy and basically if you harness the power of these rings they have the ability to eliminate like all of life so the first three games are basically about you trying to stop this prophet who believes he's like he can wield the power of the rings from like basically eliminating all life in the universe and 4 and 5 kind of drifted away from that. Like, I don't even think there was a Halo ring in 4 and 5. Um, so Halo Infinite is sort of like the callback to the first game in that regard. Okay. Okay, that's cool. That that gives me some clarity. But yeah, I mean, the game is looking good. Um, I see there's a lot of new effects in the game and stuff. And you can do stuff, like, you can throw stuff around, you know, the environment, which is cool and all that. So, um, but yeah, I mean... Everyone was expecting to see a new Halo. We got it. Um, me personally, you know, it's not 
it's not like it's not the thing that's gonna make me buy a xbox series x you know um but the game does look fun and i've played you know previous halo games and the gameplay is always fun and engaging and you know i love the multiplayer also so since this will be on games pass i will definitely check it out you know on pc um when it drops so so you know i'm i'm, I'm, I'm happy about that but um i have some more thoughts but i'm gonna let max you know get get his uh opinions off and then we can you know because some of the things that i want to say i'm just gonna i'm just gonna bring it up as questions and we can all kind of chime in but um, yeah but yeah max let us know you know what's your your thoughts on what was shown during the xbox showcase uh let us know if you have any critiques of the showcase or if there was anything else that you know you were looking forward to seeing that wasn't there yeah absolutely um Right off the bat, I wish there was more Halo. Um, there was only like five or so minutes of actual gameplay. Like they had the uh, the cutscene at the beginning and the cutscene at the end, and then there was just the five minutes in between, give or take. And that looks like the first like five minutes of the game, which is kind of cool. I like how it gets right into it. I like how that pilot like didn't put up with Chief's BS. Chief kept being like, yeah, I'm going off. And he was like, no, you're not just leaving me here. Like no one ever does that except for like, johnson from the first three games and he's been dead since three so i thought that that was kind of funny he just won't put up with chief's bs and i think that's good because uh chief talks a lot more now and it used to be just kind of like everyone just listens to whatever he says but this kind of counters that it brings more characters in to make sure the chief like needs help like he isn't just this powerhouse anymore and i think that fits a lot with the themes of the entire games like with cortana and everything and I thought it was interesting that she wasn't really in this at all either. It was just a weird slice of gameplay to show, in my opinion. Um, it was cool that they showed like the grappling hook and all of the new weapons and everything like that, but I wish they talked more about where the story was going, because as far as we know, this is supposed to be a soft reboot. Like, I don't even know if Halo 4 and 5 were really s supposed to have happened in this. Um... Also, I wish they showed a little bit more, or they showed anything on the multiplayer, because I'm a competitive player myself, and that's my favorite thing about Halo, and a lot of these campaign changes, I think, are cool for the campaign. I think they should go insane with the campaign, but I'm worried about how they'll tie into multiplayer, because, like, they said that the grappling hook will have a play in multiplayer, and I don't know how I feel about that, because Halo 4 and 5, they've opened up levels a lot because they added sprint and armor abilities so levels aren't as symmetrical or uh, skill based as they once were halo 5 did a better job of it than halo 4 halo 4 implemented a bunch of call of duty-esque mechanics that kind of ruined what made halo halo but i'm worried that the maps are going to be like way too big and they're not going to be as competitive focused there's going to be too many abilities um and it won't be as skill based but we'll see i could be wrong about that they designed Halo 5 with pros in mind, and, like, they worked with pros, so they might be doing the same with this. I know they're working with, like, a whole eSports org. So, I could be wrong, maybe I'm just a little over-worried about that, but I just wish they showed more. Especially for, like, the game that's selling the console, and basically that this generation's gonna run on. For them, uh, I just wish they showed more. It's, like, releasing soon, too, so I thought that was strange, but... As for the rest of the presentation, I'm liking it more the more that I think on it, but I wasn't feeling it too much during the presentation. State of Decay 3 is cool. Um, like, it's cool, but they didn't show much of it, and I think that's my biggest issue with this, is all of the things that seemed, like, the coolest, they didn't have, like, anything to show for. Like, Fable, 
or avowed we saw like very brief clips of that and that's it and then they showed a bunch of like like what rich is saying they showed a bunch of things that we already knew about or that just kind of felt like filler like we know that every game coming out is going to be on both consoles like that's been assumed with their marketing we we didn't really necessarily need to know that destiny 2 is coming to the series x we knew this it is cool that it's being brought to game pass but that could have been like a tweet uh stalker 2 like they just showed a really brief thing that i honestly thought was metro for a second but um that'll probably be pretty cool um everwild looked cool they didn't show much about that, though. I somehow missed Exomecha and Tell Me Why and Echo Generation. I don't know how I missed those, but Echo Generation especially actually looks really cool. I watched one of the trailers when Gary put up the list of games, and uh, I missed that entirely. I That was one of the highlights of the presentation then for me after seeing that. Um, the gunk looks cool. Um, Warhammer 40k Darktide actually looked really cool, even though they didn't show much about that. Psychonauts 2 was neat. I'm happy that game is going along. I'm also kind of with Rich that I didn't care much for the, uh, the song that went along with it. Uh, it was nice that they, uh, it was nice that they did something different, I guess. And, like, they showcased Jack Black, and I know a lot of people love Jack Black. Um, so from a marketing perspective, that was probably a good idea. I just wasn't the biggest fan of it. Um... And I didn't care for all of the world premiere stuff either. I found that stuff annoying, but Microsoft always does that. Like, I remember when we were at E3, and uh, they started doing that, like, two E3s ago or something like that, and we were all laughing in the crowd because it was just, like, world premiere. And then it was, like, console world premiere. And then it was, like, limited premiere. And they had, like, five different things. So that's so annoying, but Xbox is always like that with its annoying marketing. Yeah, that, um, that stuff. I, I find that hilarious. Like every time, that that's actually something I look forward to now in Xbox uh, showcases, like the the uh, the crazy like marketing labels that they're gonna use, because uh, they're always like so confusing. Because I, I can't tell whether it's you know um, console exclusive, so it won't be on PC, or if it's like you know exclusive to only Xbox, so it will be on PC and Xbox, like. You know, it's, it's, it's really, there's there's always, like, gray areas, no matter what label they use. So, Literally. it's it, funny. It's like you need a legend of, <laughs> like, just the list of them that defines it all. Because that also goes against, like, everything they say. They say, like, everything is going to be available on all the consoles and PC, so why do they even need to clarify this stuff? Like, it's weird. It's so corporate and unnecessary. It's just, I don't know. That's That's one thing I liked about the PS5 showcase, is they didn't really do that. Uh, it just it just feels like a meme, <laughs> and it takes me out of the experience a lot. Um, Avowed, though, I think Avowed is hilarious. That's literally Obsidian just being like, we're going to make a Skyrim that isn't broken. <laughs> like an Elder Scrolls game that isn't broken. I think that's hilarious, just like they did with uh, Outer Worlds. Um, so good on them. Uh, I think they had the strongest output of the show, and it was nice because I guess Avowed, they didn't really show much, but you, you know what it's going to be. And then... Um, the other two games, Grounded, and, um, what was their other game they showed? I really liked, oh, it was the Outer Worlds expansion. Um, I thought that was all really good. That was great stuff to show there. Um, I wish they showed more of Fable, because hasn't, haven't those rumors been going on for a while? Like, you'd think they would have at least something to show, if they've been working on it for as long as it's been rumored, but, uh, I trust Playground. Forza Horizon is awesome. And uh, those are kind of open-world games. They're not kind of. They are open-world games. Um, so I think that Fable's going in a really good direction there. I'm really excited about that one. Um, otherwise, yeah. 
Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the PS5. Um, I'm probably not going to get an Xbox Series X right away. I don't know if I'm going to at all since all these games are coming to PC. Wow. I'm getting PS5 day one. Yeah, that, that PS5 presentation was awesome. Uh, I loved that. I was, like, giddy that entire time. That was not the case here. But, like, Halo's on PC. Like, I'm excited for Halo, even though I didn't love that presentation. I'm very excited for it. But I can get it without paying for it, because I already pay for Game Pass, and on my PC. Like, I'm not getting an Xbox <laughs> right away. Sorry. Like, I'm playing Halo on my PC lately, because they're all on there, except for 4 now. And 5, I guess. But people don't like 5 for some reason. And uh, it's great. Like, I've been playing Halo 3, my favorite game of all time. I was playing it earlier today. It's amazing, and it feels great on mouse and keyboard. So I'm not going to go back to console for Infinite when I can get that same experience here. Yep, see? I'm, I'm telling you people, like, once you once you get on PC and you realize, like, you know, how convenient it is for, like, gaming, and, like, you know, once you get used to keyboard and mouse, because I know, like... That throws a lot of people off, like, oh, I don't want to play games with a keyboard and mouse. But once you really get used to it, you start to figure out how how much you know better it is for, especially for first person shooters. So, so yeah, you know, Max put it perfectly, man. You know, when you get into the PC gaming world, it's it's, it's hard to get out, like, you know, and, and console. You start to realize consoles are, you know, kind of a. Uh, I mean, I don't want to knock consoles too much because it's it's good for the people, you know, that it's for. But, you know, it's just no comparison once you get, you know, into PC. But I'm, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry for my little tangent, but yeah, carry Uh-oh. on. No, you're fine. That was it. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah so, um, so yeah, I'll just uh, throw in my two cents on some of the games here before we, you know, get into some of the discussions that need to be had. Um, so, uh regarding Dragon Quest 11 uh, that you know from Microsoft's perspective that's a good pickup for them um, you know this is a game it's, it's already on a uh, PC and it's on you know PlayStation and everything so uh, why not you know um, now it's exposed to to more gamers and as Tony Polanco said you know this is it's a very like underrated uh, JRPG that came out this generation and it's actually his favorite one um, that came out this generation. Uh, you know, I played it also. I don't think it was the my personal best one this generation, but it's you know it's definitely one of the most underrated. I still need to actually go back and beat it. So you know, it's just cool that more people are gonna get to play it. Um, but you know, I, I wonder what it was from Square Enix perspective um, that you know made them wanna because um, this used to be a very like super exclusive series. And lately, it's just you know it's 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 expanding and going almost on every platform. So I wonder if this you know is like a, a new direction for for the series from for Square Enix perspective, and if they want to make it as big as Final Fantasy, you know. So I, I really want to see what the future is of Dragon Quest, um, and also Avowed. Um, you know, in our in our little group chats that we have, I was kind of you know hating on the game a bit, but it was it was from a fun place. You know, um, <laughs> I believe I said um, I made a vow to never play this. You know, uh, but I was joking. You know, Obsidian, I have to uh, show them mad respects because you know they were a studio that used to help larger publishers. You know, uh, basically like fix games or make 
you know, make smaller scale games and things like that. Like they used to be a real, they used to be known as like the, uh, the, you know, the freelance studio that you hire to, to build you, you know, an RPG that won't necessarily be a triple A game, you know? Um, and they actually did a lot, lot of stuff for Bethesda. Uh, there's been a few games that they kind of were like the, uh, they were like a, um, a freelance studio that, you know, helped, the publisher build you know their game or whatever you know like basically like a stand-in studio kind of thing a studio for hire if you will um but they've come a long way since then and you know they've been doing good work over the past you know couple generations um and it's good to see that now you know they basically have like their own skyrim you know kind of game um i saw someone said it's like it's like skyrim and pillars of attorney put together essentially um so that you know that, that and it looks, won't be broken. Yeah, exactly. You know, Max was was uh we was, we were talking about it earlier. You know, it, it might it won't be broken because you know that's that's something Elder Scrolls has has been known for now. Is it, the it's it's the RPG that's always going to be broken. Um, so you know, it, this looks like it's going to be you know amazing. So this is definitely one to watch. Um, is this exclusive though, or is it going to be multi-platform? I mean, Microsoft owns Obsidian, but I assume yeah. oh, it right, will right. be on yeah, PC. And with the way that they go, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out on multi-platform. Because, like, they do have a couple games, like the Minecraft IP, like Minecraft and Minecraft Dungeons come to PS4. And, hell, I learned recently um, that they were considering putting the Master Chief Collection on PS4 at some point, so, and that they still might do that. So... It, as far as I know, it's probably going to come to more things, maybe not right away. And I think that's going to be the case with a lot of these games. <clears throat> that, actually, well, you said... uh, that actually ties into something I want to ask you guys later. But go ahead, Rich. Okay. Wait, you said Avowed? Is Avowed coming to... Uh, that's what you. That's the question you asked? Yeah, like, is this, yeah. is this just... Is this Xbox exclusive? Yeah, I think... I think. Well, I know that... Um, I mean... I think it is the Xbox exclusive because I know that you know the Outer Worlds that expansion is also coming to PS4 because I saw a trailer for that on it was also on PlayStation's YouTube like about like about an hour after it was on the Xbox show so that's definitely coming which makes sense because the Outer Worlds it, it, it came to multiple you know it was on PC and and also also Switch um, so. Uh, this here, I don't, I don't know, I, 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 but I believe this is going to be exclusive to Xbox because that of that of that whole thing with Outer Worlds that was done before Microsoft had officially acquired them, and then that that game was already in development, being close to completion. So, but we'll have to wait and see. But but I would I would hope that Avowed is exclusive to Xbox, but uh, we'll see about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder. If- I wonder if they'll like stay exclusives or if they'll be like timed exclusives. I don't know. <clears throat> it's interesting. Yeah. Microsoft isn't really clear about all this anymore. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll assume it's exclusive for now, but I do have something more to say on that later. But um, oh, you know, um, one of the standout games for me was uh, New Genesis Fantasy Star Online Two, and uh, you like I, I'm my my gaming habits have changed a lot. And I'm a very, I'm a very simple gamer now. Like, I just want to, you know, I just want to like 
fight monsters in you know a JRPG anime kind of aesthetic and this game is just exactly what I want right now you know I just want a game I can just chill out to and not not think too hard about and stuff and you know fantasy star online too like it just looks like everything I want so I can't wait to, to actually you know get get into this game um, whenever it's available and everything on PC go ahead Rich uh- yeah, yeah, it, it is coming in 2021, and I hate to I hate to tell you this. Uh, I hate to say this for those that are going to get angry. This was one of the games that is a timed console exclusive. Mm. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it, it's on PC also because that when you go to the website, it says Windows 10 and Xbox One, but. Um, this is not a full-on exclusive, obviously, so it's going to be available on on other platforms in the future. Mm. Yeah, I, I know there's, uh, there's probably a lot of um, PlayStation fans that are salty about that. Uh, go ahead, Rich. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, sorry, Max. You're fine. Uh, isn't it available right now on PC? I thought it was. I thought I, I've seen it on Game Pass before. I was actually confused yeah. about that. Yeah, it, well, it might be via Game Pass. Um, I think originally it was only on the console, but um... see the the, the oh, thing. Okay. The thing the, the, the thing I, I gathered is that a lot of the articles are saying that it's an overhaul of the original game. Um, so I don't really know exactly. They're just making a lot of different changes to the game, and I guess it's going to be re-released as uh, you know, New Genesis, but. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't really know all the details about that. All I know is that they said 2021 is when um, it'll be available. So I'm guessing whatever changes they make, it's all going to be in place by the time they they, they put this out the next year. Yeah, here, okay, here's what happened actually. Um, like this game actually, um, it came out on PlayStation 4, I believe, but only in Japan. So like it, okay. it, there was only a Japanese version of it. There wasn't like a westernized version. Um, so the like when it came to the West, it was only Xbox. So um, so I think a lot of PlayStation people are unhappy about that. That that Microsoft basically got the um, exclusive rights for it in the West. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a good get. Yeah, definitely. Because because there were actually people waiting for. A westernized version of the game on PlayStation, but you know, so th- this is, yeah, I mean, good move from Microsoft, you know, in terms of uh, being competitive. But um, but it is timed exclusive, so you know, eventually it, it will be on PlayStation. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, that that game looks really good. Um, and also that game, the Medium. That's that's one of the the newer games that really caught my eye. Yeah, um, I like that idea of you know you're in two different realms at the same time, and on the screen it said like it renders both worlds at the same time and stuff. So I'm guessing like you can switch back and forth. And what I would, what I think would be really cool is if like there's some kind of puzzles in this game, and it's like you have to switch to one realm to see something that you can't see in another one, and then you know you have to keep flipping back and forth and things like that i think that idea would be really cool and unique so that's one i definitely want to keep my eye on um and uh oh. and fable you know i mean i, I want to see what they're going to do with fable 
uh, at the end of the day. I know that's, you know, that's a, a huge uh, game in, in Xbox history. Uh, and I want to see what kind of new gen, uh, new uh, direction that they're going to take the Fable series in. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's pretty much it from me. Um, I will say <laughs> that that I was looking forward to seeing. Now I know that when we saw the the PlayStation Five stream, it was all you know games. Like they focused heavily on the games. And then, of course, we got to see the console at the end, but, you know, we've already seen the Xbox Series X. But I will say that as we draw closer to the autumn season, um, the fall season, if you're in America, um, it's about time we start seeing some specific features and, you know, some some demonstrations of the UI, like, of these systems. Uh, and, and I really thought that Microsoft was going to take the lead and give us some of that, like just show us, you know, show us what we're going to be getting with the, you know, Xbox UI and everything and the Series X and maybe even drop a price. You know, it's about that time we, we start understanding, you know, more about the price of these systems and everything. Um, I know they're they're trying to stay tight lipped and it's like they're playing a game of chess with, you know, who's going to reveal it first or something. But you know we are getting very close now, and I, I think I think we need to see more at this point. Um, we get it that you know um, both both systems are going to have a diverse list of games that are coming. You know, and, and that's more clear after seeing this stream in particular, uh, which is cool. You know, it's good to know that Microsoft does have some unique titles coming to the Series X, but. It's about time we start, you know, if, we, if we're going to invest in one of these systems, we have to see more. We have to see the features, you know, we have to know about the controller. We have to, you know, know if, if is there going to be uh, a camera or something like we, we want to know all this stuff. Is, is it going to be VR compatible? You know, we need to start seeing all these things. Um, and that's my biggest gripe with, you know, with the stream today and that was also my gripe with the PlayStation one so I'm not you know singling out Uh-oh. Microsoft uh, but yeah that that's that's what I think but do you guys have any thoughts on that on like why we didn't see like why aren't we seeing anything about you know the features of these consoles the UI and and all that stuff do you think they're so busy trying to manufacture it that they just they just can't no. show us yet or something no that's the, that, that that was the question you you asked. No, that's not it. It's it's it's, it's a question to see who was going to make the first move and showing these features and talking about the price of the console and the release date of the console. I feel like this comes down between Sony and Microsoft in terms of who was going to make the announcement. Now, obviously, they cannot wait until the last minute because if the console is coming out in the fall. You have to give the consumers enough time to have their money ready for either console, unless, of course, they're going to get both consoles. So I feel like by next month, this information has to be made clear. It has to be made clear, I think, because it just uh, just it just it just wouldn't make any kind of sense for it to continue going on long where you're not going to talk about this stuff. And again, one one point that I will make, I don't want to jump too far ahead because you're going to get into this later. But what you said about them not showing that stuff yet, that is one reason why I am not yet convinced that I need to have a console, either one of these consoles, day one. 
But again, we'll get into that later when you start to talk about a few of these other things. <laughs> All right, Max, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I know you said you know you're not really in a rush for a console, but you know if you if you had the chance to see you know more of this stuff, like the the back end of the console and everything and the UI, you know, would it, would it make you more interested? Absolutely, I love hardware. Um, I. I wouldn't say I'm not interested in a console. Like, I'm interested in the PS5. Like, I want that day one. Um, The Series X, I would like eventually, just because I like hardware a lot, and it'd be cool to have one. And I really like UI and everything like that. I'm very interested in how it plays. I'm very curious about the features, even if I'm not going to get the Xbox right away. I love that stuff. I want to know what they're doing with achievements and trophies. I want to know how xCloud's going to work. I like that it's being bundled in with Game Pass, and I hate that we haven't seen any of this. I want a price. I'm expecting to drop five to $600 on a PS5, oh. like, without question. Like, that's going to happen. That's why they have all these models and everything, so that they can justify a higher price for the most powerful one. Um, that's going to happen. Like, it has to. But um, I'm very annoyed that they haven't shown that today. I really expected something to happen today, whether it be Sony or Microsoft talk about price. I hate that they haven't. I don't know why they're not. Like, I understand the whole, like, playing chicken. But at the same time, or like I get why people think that's the case. I just don't see why that is the case. I don't see what anyone gains by playing chicken. Hell, they could change the price afterwards if they wanted to. I'm sure each knows what the other's going to be priced, and I'm sure they're about the same. I would not be surprised if they're the same price. Or like even like fifty dollars different. People say like maybe the digital version of the PS5 will be fifty dollars cheaper or something. I that could be the case, but it's really bothering me. I'm expecting to drop a ton of money on this, like it has to be, and I just want to know what it has to be so I can save up a little more for it. You know what I mean? Um, I don't expect like seven hundred, but I wouldn't be that surprised if there's like a six hundred and then five hundred for the top tier and then mid tier. And there's rumors of a third Xbox model still too. Uh, which I'm annoyed about, the Lockhart, which are like, or not Lockhart, sorry, uh, Lockhart's the second one, there's rumors of a third one after that, I forget what uh, Wait, the code what? name is, that, <laughs> yeah, what, what, what would the third one be? Like... People think all digital, because Lockhart is rumored to be a lower powered version of the Series X, uh, that will kind of like phase out the One X, and the Xbox One ecosystem, and then there's rumors of the all digital one, which would make sense because that's what they have now. They have the One X, they have the One S, and then they have the all digital. So that would kind of go in line with that. Um, and I mean, The Verge reported on those, so there's some validity to them, I'm sure. I don't know if that's they're going to come to fruition or anything, but like The Verge wouldn't have reported on that if there wasn't like something to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I remember the day I was like, I like came out of like a stream or something, and I just looked at my phone, and a Verge reporter tweeted about a third model. I like screamed, and my roommate was like, "What?" And I got so annoyed at that because I was like, "Just give us a price, then, if this is true." Um, yeah. It was like a couple weeks ago, so yeah, I'm annoyed to say the least, and I'm sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about you know having three like three different versions. Like that's very confusing for the consumer. Uh, first of all, like. You know why? Why do you need like that lower powered version? Like, I mean, that's something maybe you could introduce down the line or something. Or, I mean, I, I don't know. I just feel like there's no need for it. 
um, you know, just give us the the the, uh, the Series X, and you know, I I understand if you want to do the digital only version, uh, you know, the the less powered one, you might as well have just kept the Series X. You know, I don't know, but that's just me because it is confusing. But what would you what do you think, Max? What was you gonna say? I think that's why they would have the lower powered one because I don't think they necessarily need like the third model but i think that if they have cheaper models it would allow them to price the top model that much higher because they're all about like the premium experience and everything i mean the one x was 500 bucks if i'm not mistaken as was the normal xbox one when it launched and that was a mid-gen console launch i don't know how much the ps4 pro was was that four or five hundred as well do you guys know That was four hundred. The PS4 was four hundred. Yeah, it was four hundred. Okay, that's a little more justifiable than five hundred, in my opinion. Um, But uh, I could see them doing that again. And like both uh, Phil Spencer and it's Jim Ryan at Sony, right? Yeah, Jim Ryan. Yeah, they've both like kind of alluded to a higher price in interviews. They've both like said without saying that we're focusing on a better experience accessibility can come down the line and things like that so that just all but has me believing that these are going to be more expensive and then game prices are going up too um which are going to have to justify that but that's a whole nother discussion um so yeah i'm just annoyed because i have a feeling these are going to be really expensive despite what people want like these are going to be expensive consoles and i hate that they're not saying anything about it i don't know if it's because of the pandemic or what but um, having multiple consoles allows them to justify a higher price for the top one. I'm standing by that, and that's what I'm a little worried about. Like, I don't want these to be super expensive, but I think they're going to be. Uh, let, let me just make one quick comment. Uh, I, I also agree that there is some frustration that they haven't announced this price because they discontinued the Xbox One X in the Xbox One S. So in my mind, I'm thinking that these consoles are going to be in the same price range of those consoles to be the ones that replace them. But uh, I don't understand what the, what the, what's up with the delay. And then uh, Sony also had made the statement recently that they have now increased production to, uh, to, to, to hit about 10 million consoles, 10 million PS, PS5s this fall. So I would think the fact that you got that and also, I know, Gary, you and I saw that they actually released photos of a kiosk in the UK that is already setting up the PS5 in some stores for people to try it out. I would think with all this information coming out, the price has to be revealed for both consoles very soon. It, it just it wouldn't make any kind of sense for it to go by September. There's no way in hell we, we that we should not know how much the consoles cost at that point because... Especially if they're launching in November, but that's just that's just my opinion. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, um, it's interesting what you were saying, Max, about you know they both companies want to kind of sell us on more of a premium experience, you know, um, more expensive games, more expensive system, and everything. And it's like I guess you know after thinking about it more, it's, it's very much like the phone market. Which you know people have been making a lot of comparisons to. Um, the difference is though, like um, at least when Apple finesses you, they do it with swag. So it's like it's almost acceptable because they have so much swag, you know. Like, but you're right. <laughs> they like, do. 
<laughs> yeah, because like they're, they're straight hipsters, so it's like you know, it's cool when yeah. they finesse you. But these guys, they make you like, feel bad for not wanting to spend a grand on a phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, like Jim Ryan and Phil Spencer, it's like, uh, like it's just like you got you got at least tell us why. You know, you got to break this down for us. Um, like, because I, I feel like a lot of gamers just aren't gonna, they aren't gonna take it. You know, they aren't gonna. It's gonna be hard to make a premium experience fly. You know, like like it does in the in the tech market. Um, you know, to gamers, because it's just a different audience altogether. Yep. So, and they're already buying so many things. Like you're buying games, you're buying new controllers. Like gaming is not just the console; that's just the start. Which uh, I forgot to say this earlier. I just remember this. Game Pass also helps justify a higher priced console because you just buy the console and then you have Game Pass. You don't have to buy games. Which I think is a huge good selling point, actually, for Microsoft. And I'm wondering why they didn't talk about that more in in this stream. Like, they should have... I know. They just had it in text in the corner. Like, every game in that stream will be on Game Pass, I'm pretty sure. Like, that's what everyone's saying on Twitter. But they didn't emphasize that more. It's just in little text in the corner, and you're ignoring that, because you're already ignoring all the limited exclusive crap that they do. So they uh, they should emphasize that more. I agree. Yeah, like they should have had Phil Spencer come out and really break down the fact that you could, you know. You well, can... I mean, I thought I thought he said that though at the beginning of the stream that everything you see is coming to Game Pass. No, but like, but he should have yeah. like yeah. talked about like the payment uh, plan, like because aren't they doing the the payment plan stuff? Yeah, I'm on that right now with my One X. Actually, it's great. I pay thirty five dollars a month for Live Game Pass and my One X. And uh, I don't have to pay for live technically to like 2022. Like it's paid through that, and uh, it's great. That's why I was able to get a One X because I wasn't going to drop $500 on a mid-gen console otherwise. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys are right. Yeah. Phil did say that at the beginning. I forgot about that. Yeah, go, 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 yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Go, 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 go back to Dana because I believe she was saying something as well. Yeah, Hi. Yeah. Go ahead. Dana. Um, just wanted to chime in really quickly because you're talking about prices. Jason uh, Schreider, who works over at the Bloomberg News Gaming, he stated that um, Ubisoft had a a earnings call and that they stated their next-gen games this fall will be the same price as current games, which is $60. Take-Two had announced that NBA 2K21 will be $70 on PS5 and Xbox Series X. Uh, Microsoft wouldn't... Not Microsoft, sorry. Ubisoft wouldn't answer when asked about next-gen pricing after this fall, mm-hmm. stating that they are concentrating on Christmas releases. We have decided those games will be launched at $60. So that means that, so, that Far Cry 6 might be a $70 game. Anything in, I, from <laughs> I read, anything in 21 is going to be 70 <laughs> That's interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. Gaming's well, about that's to be expensive. The smart yeah, delivery. Did. That that's that's the smart delivery that they uh signed up for. I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that. Break that I like down, that they're doing it, I just hate the term. Why why do you hate it? Break it down. Because it's not a feature. Sony's <laughs> doing the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> like with uh I forget which game it is, but they already said they're doing that. Is it Cyberpunk? Yeah, yeah probably that? Cyberpunk, yeah. Um, and then I think there was another one. They are they just already Oh no, it was Watchdogs. Watchdogs, they said that uh, if you buy it on the PS4, you get a free upgrade to the PS5. 
Mm. So it's like that just invalidated all of the smart... It's like when they were marketing... It's like when Microsoft was marketing the One X and they were like, it's the most powerful console ever. Like, of course it is. It's your latest console. I hated that marketing term, and I hate smart deliveries. Same thing. Yeah. So I have another question, but uh, did you guys have anything more to uh, to add to that? Dana, was you going to say something? Um, no, I thought that, again, the pricing, I agree wholeheartedly with Max when he said 600 will be the most expensive one. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to work yourself down there. And... um. I just don't really see the purpose of there being a third one. It is confusing. Because yeah, it's, it's so just confused. too much. Mm. It's, it's way too much. And, and I just, I, oh, go ahead. I just, I just want to say, when you mentioned the $600 price point, that made my wallet hurt. So I hope that that is not the price. <laughs> Same. That's why I want to know now so I can save. Like, I'm saving anyways-ish, but, like, it's nice to know. Because what if it is 700 six is the max it cannot yeah. especially look at the time that we're in i know the, 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 the unemployment is at literally an all-time high that's that's what makes this worse that's what makes them i hate that they're not saying anything about it because there are so many people that just don't have the means to like save for it right now and it's just you they should know what they're getting into it's cool i will say then that uh because we're in the pandemic and everything there is this focus on current gen consoles still being viable i think that that's very very smart and uh that's great for the consumer and but yeah it sucks that they're not mentioning the prices like they need to do that and it also sucks because if there was an e3 this year like if this year was normal we probably would have known the prices already yeah yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I wonder, are they playing chicken with each other over who's going to reveal first? Yeah. It's just frustrating for the consumer. It's so frustrating. Yeah, yeah I, think, I, think, I think it has to be that. I think that's exactly oh. what this is. Whomever announces first, will the second company just automatically lowball? That's what people are saying, yeah. I think Microsoft will will uh, wait for Sony to make an announcement and then say, "Okay, we're going to release our console a hundred dollars cheaper or something like that." <laughs> yeah, because you know Microsoft it, has the ability to lowball because they have like so much other business, and then when you factor in that they have like Game Pass is a viable service that is it's not just on Xbox; it's on PC also. So like they have you know more revenue to play with. Um, and they can afford to undercut you know slightly so i think that's where the game comes in because it's like sony knows if they give their price first microsoft can come out with a price tomorrow that's that's you know much lower than theirs um (laughs) the savagery and and then you know if, if if whereas if microsoft announces first you know that gives uh you know that 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 gives sony a slight edge because um, you know, I, I don't think Sony can undercut as much as Microsoft would, but they could, you know, maybe drop fifty or something, like you know, maybe drop, you know, or drop just a few a few dollars just to make it seem cheaper. You know, just shave yeah. off a little. Let, let me let me ask you a quick question. I, I don't want to go off topic, but since you mentioned price multiple times, let me just ask you straight 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 away, based on everything you saw today. If Microsoft came out and said, 
the Xbox Series X is going to be like four hundred dollars. Do you think that they showed enough for you to say, "Oh yeah, I'm going to pre-order this right right now"? Well, based on today, I didn't have a PC. Yeah. Okay, that's Max's answer. Go ahead. What did you say, Gary? What's your answer? Ba- and Dana? Did you say based on today? Yeah, based on what you saw today, if they said that this console is $400 and you could pre-order right now, would you pre-order or still need to see more before you make that decision? I, I, I would still need to see more because I, I think, like, um, it's very close. It's very, like, neck and neck with, you know, PS5 versus Xbox in terms of what they've shown. But I think two games on the Sony side give their system a slight edge and that's you know um that's a uh spider-man you know miles morales and horizon you know those those two games just give them a little edge i think in, in my personal opinion um obviously that's all uh you know it's all subjective it depends on what you prefer so it might not be the same for someone else but for me personally you know i would, pr- I would probably uh you know i'd be more likely to buy the playstation 5 if i didn't have a pc this year, you know. Mm. But what about you, Dana? If I had the ability to to get, if I'm just choosing between the two, right? Yeah. Okay, so only because of the games that I know that I want more, it would be PlayStation Five. However, if the PS Five is more expensive than the Xbox Series X, I would go with that, the Xbox. Mm. Okay. And as an answer to my own question, uh, I do believe it comes down to the games, as I think everyone here has said. But I will say this. I agree with the point you made, Gary, about the two PlayStation titles. But I will also take it a step further and say that PlayStation has a history of having a lot of diverse titles. Because Ghost of Tsushima, this is an excellent example of another game worth playing. Uh and then, of course, Last of Us Part Two, which is a game that I thought was good, but other people thought it was trash. Uh, uh, but, but again, there's a, a lot of games for different people, and we know that Sony has a track record of doing that. So I, I would say yes, if I had to pick a console today that I would pre-order, it would be PlayStation, only because I know they have multiple titles that are not just, you know, these are these are AAA titles to, to, to some degree. So, I mean... That absolutely, e- even if you didn't like Last of Us 2, you can't deny Naughty Dog did an excellent job on the game. They're going, they have a track record of making games that are just really, really good. So I'm pretty sure whatever they put out on PS5, it's going to, it's going to be good. Uh, and same thing with, with Sucker Punch. So that's just my opinion, though. But continue. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah, I mean, you know. But it's, it's definitely subjective because I've seen, you know, some people, some people actually uh, came at me on Twitter saying, you know, you're, you're bugging, like, you know, the uh, Halo looks amazing. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's all subjective. But the question I was going to ask you guys next, right? So back in the day, like we, we, we've seen a lot. We've been to E3, you know, all these other events and stuff. And, you know, we, we're old enough to, to have seen the uh, gaming industry grow and we've seen how cutthroat you know the industry used to be in terms of competition between companies we've seen some megaton announcements that have you know severely hurt the other company you know i mean even at the 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 beginning of this generation when you know um 
you know, Don Matrick was making Microsoft look bad, and then, you know, Sony, <laughs> Sony gave him the death blow with the price and everything, like, you know, and, oh, yeah. and, and saying, you know, there's no DRM over here, you know, all that stuff, like, it used to be very cutthroat, the competition level, Good times. Right? <laughs> yeah, the times, like, some classic times, but here's my thing, right, I'm, I'm starting to feel like these companies... Are more in bed together Not literally But like They're more in bed together Than they've ever been And I feel like The competitive spirit Of You know The gaming industry um, Has kind of died down And I feel like They are deliberately Not trying to Step on each other's toes Too much They know that They're going after The same You know Kind of gamers And everything But I feel like They have A lot more respect For each other and that they are willing to survive with each other. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, do you feel like that's the case? Because I, I feel like either one of these companies could have delivered a death blow to, you know, to completely um, shut down, you know, um, any reason to get the other console. But they, they, I, I feel like they, they're purposely holding back, and and they might even be working together. Of course, we actually know they have some partnerships as well. Um, you know, they have some streaming partnerships with the xCloud um, So do you guys feel like, you know, the competitive edge has, has died down And, um, you know, and what might that mean for the future? Do you feel like we might see more IPs from from PlayStation come to Windows? Because we're starting to see that now, actually um, And, you know, do you feel like we, we might even see Xbox games come to, to the PlayStation? Like, wh- wh- Where do you think this is going? Um, so I wanna uh, so let me go to Max first what would you think of that well absolutely I think that the competition is dying down I think that's something Phil Spencer has like been pushing for a long time and originally I feel like that's because that was their only way to like not win last generation or this generation but like come back was Phil was like, oh, we're not we're not in a fight with PlayStation. We're doing our own thing, and this is how we're going to do it. And that worked to a degree. And I go back and forth with it because I think that is good for the consumer. Like, I think it's good that, for example, Horizon is coming to PC, um, that Microsoft published games might be coming to other platforms. Because, like, I remember, didn't Phil say, like, last year or the year before that they want to put Xbox Live on Switch? I don't know what's come of that. Yeah. I don't think anything has moved forward on that. But, like, yeah, I get where he's coming from with that, and that's actually pretty cool. Um, Like, especially for people who can't, like, afford gaming as much, like, who can only buy one console who don't have a PC. Like, Game Pass is great for that. Games coming to all platforms is good for that. But at the same time, I do think that it does kind of kill that competitive spirit. Like, absolutely. It doesn't really feel like they're fighting each other. It does feel like they're sort of just existing one by one. And I go so back and forth with that because they should be like, both both platforms should be like, this is what we have over the other. This is what we're doing. This is why you're buying us. This is why we're better. And I always liked that. Like... Fanboyism can be toxic, but, like, having a preference and, like, uh, having the companies, like, showing you why they're better and competing for that, that's great. I mean, look at the Epic Games Store and Steam. Like, Steam has gotten their ass into shape now. Uh, they have a good support team. They've been overhauling. They changed their uh, deal with uh, developers and publishers. They changed their payout. I don't remember the exact details, but, like, 
they're actually doing things again. They're coming out. They're coming out with new games again. They made Half Life Alex, which they were working on, of course, beforehand. But um, so that's great to see. Like Steam is doing things again, and I remember uh, Gabe was all mad about that, but like it made them actually do something again, and that's not happening really in the console space right now at all. And I think that that's a little. It's weird. It's weird to see, and that's what Phil wants, I guess. But uh, it almost seems too passive. It's too passive. Yeah, that that's the that's the exact word I was looking for. It's it's very passive right now. Um, Rich, how do you feel about it? Well, you know, I would say it is passive, but I, I have to say this, and you know, I'm, I'm not really calling anybody out in particular. There was a very interesting article, however, on GameIndustry.biz earlier this month that caught a ton, a ton of attention. When they had an interview with Phil Spencer and he said a lot of things that people question, mentioned about people feeling as though that Xbox Series X is being held back because they're still making games also for Xbox One. And then he also mentioned that exclusives are counter to what gaming is all about. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he said, some of which taken out of context, but I, I have to say this. I do feel even if we can think and agree that all of these companies are in bed together in some capacity. I do find it interesting, and I have to state that I do feel that the media and fanboys constantly want there to be a war between both sides. And you see this in, with... I've seen a lot of articles written on a lot of websites because when Phil Spencer made that comment about the exclusives being counter to what gaming is all about, a lot of people took that headline and instantly added PS5 to that to try to basically say he's talking bad about PS5. When really, this is just how they want to operate as a company. Microsoft wants to make the, these exclusives available to people who have Xbox One at least for two years, which then they will focus specifically on Sirius X, which is totally fine. That's the approach they want to take. But I definitely think that the media and the fans... They are the ones that are constantly going back and forth. Let's look at what Sony did. Let's look at what Microsoft did. And then they will argue for either side to say, well, this is exactly what needs to be done. This is how it should be done. And Sony dominated Microsoft or Microsoft dominated Sony. These are the people that create these narratives about both sides wanting to basically take each other out. But all, all in all, though, their job as a company is to sell you on a product. And that's that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, if you buy the console, that's really all that matters. If you're a fan of gaming, I'm pretty sure that you will be open to at least considering every single console for what it offers, whether it's a Nintendo Switch, a PlayStation 5, or an Xbox Series X. But again, it's the fans and the media, to some extent, that drive this narrative. It's always a competition, so it, this, is, this is why things are the way they are now. But to answer your question specifically... I mean, I, I mean, obviously, I think Phil Spencer is they they're just focused on Xbox. Sony is just focused on Sony. Nintendo is focused on Nintendo. I don't think that they're necessarily trying to compete, but whenever they see uh, the competition does something, they have to do something to respond to it. Perfect example. I remember when we was at E3 years ago, and Microsoft announced backwards compatibility, and, at, and if you recall. When we got to Sony's conference, they didn't even mention PlayStation now at that point because the, the backwards compatibility thing was a huge, there was a huge response from that at, from the audience there. Um, 
But I will say, yes, competition is good because it's going to make companies want to do better for their consumers. But to answer the question, is this is this whole narrative, uh, is Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo still working together? Yeah, of course. But they all have a common goal to sell their, their consoles. Just that, so that's where they're coming from, from that standpoint. I don't really think it's about them competing uh, on this whole fanboy thing. They just want to put out a good product. And if they and if it just so happens that they get an idea of something that they can improve upon because they see that another company is doing it, then they will obviously consider that approach as well. But again, just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And and you know, it, it's it's exactly this that makes me think that, you know, avowed could could end up, you know, on, on PlayStation. Or, you know, we will see uh, the Last of Us Two come to Windows PC because we just saw, <laughs> you know, Death Stranding just came out, and, and, and uh, Horizon's coming out. You know, on PC. So. Well, well, let, let, let me yep. just make, let me just make a quick comment, and then I want you to go to Dana because I know Dana has has has, has some things to say. Mm-hmm. You saw the response, how people were angry when some of these PlayStation exclusives came to PC. I'm pretty sure you saw that. Uh, with Horizon, there were some people that was angry about that also. So, um, if Last of Us, any of these Naughty Dog games come to PC, I expect some PlayStation fanboys to be very angry about that because it just it is what it is. They're the ones that think it's all about this console and that's it. There's nothing else, and that's what the problem is. They have to be open and receptive to whatever game is coming out on whatever platform. And if you don't like the platform, that's fine. Don't play it, but don't sit here hating on the other platform. Just look at it as, well, that's great because the people who don't have a PlayStation, now they can play this game on PC and they can get a great experience out of this game like I got a great experience out of it. That's how they should look at this. But again, it's hard for them to, to get over that, that mindset. But yes, uh, let's go to Dana because yeah. I know Dana has some things she wants to say. So Dana, yeah, we'll, we'll um, see your thoughts on that. My, my, my biggest thing here is, you know, it's nice you're all buddy-buddy and friends behind closed doors. Which it is. Like, at the end of the day, it's about money. Um, so, either company is winning because people are buying. It's money. But in order to not anger fans and in order to kind of increase your sales and to just be successful, you have to have a, a, a competitive edge. And by them sharing all their games on all these different platforms is not something that overall, while it's great for us as a consumer, but overall for them, it's like, you know, why should we even do that? Because they're going to just already, whatever console they have now, they're going to just buy the game on that. They're not going to come on our platform. So I think that it's okay that, you know, some games you can have cross-play, but others you can't. It's just not sustainable. Mm, and that's another you, you just reminded me of something as well I definitely think we're going to see more and more games you know be be cross play like multiplayer so like you can play you know uh, Playstation gamers versus Xbox gamers I think that's hey, going to uh, be a, a regular thing like a normal a normalized did, thing did, didn't that, that new game that EA just released isn't that a cross play game the uh, Rocket uh what oh, was yeah, it? The, uh, the, the Rocket uh, Rock Arena. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I yeah, yeah. I could have sworn they said that's a cross-play game. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it could be. I have crossplay. Yeah, I see right here crossplay support on PlayStation Five, Four, Xbox One, and PC. And PC. There you go. Yeah, that, that's going to be a normal thing. I'm, I'm, I'm convinced. I feel that it's okay if it's the smaller independent games. When you have something like, say, Halo, or I don't know, uh, Spider-Man, Call of Duty, it's best. Call of Duty. Call of, no, Call of Duty's kind of. Uh, Call of Duty is like uh, one of the big games. I feel that it's best to keep that as an exclusive. Oh yeah, I, I don't think uh, I don't think they'll do that like with Halo and stuff because that means they would have to release the game on the other system. So I don't think. But, but, they, but, but they can do it with PC and Xbox One though. Oh yeah, yeah, they can do it. Yeah, and, and this is another yeah. thing I think is going to happen. Um, this. Sorry, I'm hearing a bit of an echo right here. I think it's uh, Dana. Always me. Testing, testing. Okay, it's Val. Right, so I, I think... Um, what was I saying? <laughs> uh, you, you were saying that they would have to release it on the other console. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, I think Sony is actually going to have a client on the PC. I think that's going to happen. Like, you know how EA has Origin? And, you know, Ubisoft has Uplay? I think we're going to see a PlayStation client on on, uh, on the PC. And, and cross-play might actually be a thing via that, you know? So, like, PC gamers versus PlayStation gamers on, on you know, maybe, like... Uh, uh, some of the exclusive PlayStation games. I think I think they already kind of have a foundation for that too with uh, PS Now because you can play some PlayStation games on PC with PS Now, like God of War. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah like, I wouldn't like be surprised I've, to see that either. Like I've been saying, all they need to do is work on PS Now. I know a lot of people don't like the service. Um, but if they just work on it and expand it, and uh, maybe they are doing this with the streaming deal that they have with Xbox, you know, maybe it's already in the works. But if they expand that service, that could be their Game Pass. You know, that could be their Game Pass competitor. And it will be interesting once we get to that point, because once we get to the, because you know, at the moment Microsoft has an edge with Game Pass, right? But if we get to the point where they both have a powerful like service, you know, um, the the options are unlimited at that point. Like it's that's when uh, the, the I, I don't think they can um, not compete at that point because when you're talking services, it's like you know Apple Music versus Spotify. That it's just so directly the same that they have to compete at that point. So. Yeah, uh, it's gonna be interesting to see where we're going. But any more thoughts on uh, you know the competition and everything? Um, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I think that um, Sony is going to have more of a presence on PC, especially um, over time. I like the idea uh, they do right now, which is kind of in line with what Dana said, where uh, they need exclusives still. Um. Mm-hmm. And I like that they're keeping their exclusives on uh, PS4 for a while and then bringing them later to PC. 
I think that that's an interesting idea that I think they're going to keep experimenting with. I think we're going to see a lot more games than Horizon and everything and Death Stranding come on PC. Like, I bet that Bloodborne PC port, I bet you there's some validity to that. And I bet you there's more going to be like that. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Sony still gets its exclusives and gives people reasons to buy a PS5, but it also uh, they also enter the PC space in that regard. So I... Let me just ask a quick question before you go to Dana. So, are you saying that when Marvel Spider-Man comes to PC, are people going to be livid that that is now no longer a PS4 exclusive, or uh, are they going to welcome it with open arms? <laughs> I'm I'm sure they'll be mad, and I don't know why. <laughs> but uh, the thing is, it'll be like when Spider-Man Three comes out. <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, if they're keeping this pace up, because I think it's interesting, because it also notice how they're bringing Horizon to PC right before, or right when they announce Horizon Two. Mm-hmm. Like, so mm-hmm. what that does is that allows people to be like, "Oh, this franchise is dope. I'm gonna buy a PS5 so I can yes. play this," or, or I'm gonna wait a couple of more years for it to come out on PC. I can wait that long. Things like yeah. that. Absolutely, because that, that, yeah, you're right about that. The timing of that is perfect because that game is out. <laughs> The first week of August, I believe, on on PC. So, yep, yeah, it's interesting. But no, go ahead, go ahead, uh, D- Dana. I know you wanted to say something. I was so wondering please. by having that such a large window in between between uh, a console and PC. Um, I feel that that's fine. I don't think it'll hurt anybody in the sense of I get um, Spider Man now playing on my PlayStation. And three years later, um, it finally comes to PC. I don't have the patience to wait three years. Mm. So I don't really think that it hurts anyone unless you're like a diehard PC person. It's a win-win either way. Yeah, I, I really yeah. want to see... Uh, I want to know some of the numbers as well behind, you know, the amount of people who bought Death Stranding and, and you know, Horizon when it comes out on PC and stuff. Because uh, one thing, like, is, you know, like, it's one thing to announce that a game is coming on another platform, because, you know, that obviously sends people into a frenzy. But, um, but you know, one thing I have to bring up is, you know, when Yakuza 0 came to uh, Xbox, it's like, you know, a lot of people were talking about that. But when whenever I ask people what they think about the game, it's like nobody actually plays it. So like, you know, uh, is the audience is the audience actually going to embrace the game once it does come to that new platform? I think it depends on what the game is. What the game is. Go ahead, Dana. Go ahead, Dana. Oh no, go go. Okay, I was gonna say I think it's a it's a vocal minority of people that get mad. People that get mad. It's not like a big uh, group of people. I think that uh, game. I think Horizon's going to sell very well on PC, as will uh, Death Stranding. And uh, it's like exactly what Dana said. Like, if you're running a business, it's just more money for you. Like, there's no way that Horizon on console is making much money anymore. Like, everyone who wanted to play it already bought it, and now they're just opening it up to more people. Like, from a business perspective, that's exactly what you should do. That's what I would do if I ran a business. I mean, that's why you have games like... All of Ubisoft's games are always in the top 10 of uh, sales every year and every month, and that's because they're on all platforms. Like, they print money. Same with uh, 2K's games, like GTA V, for like the past 10 years. (laughs) 
so so you think they just look at it as you know new money so it doesn't matter like you know how many people buy it it's it's new money that we didn't have before so why not yeah pretty much and then i think um what i was saying earlier about the timed exclusives i think it just it really is the best of both worlds for them <laughs> right yeah that, that's a good way to look at it uh dana was you gonna say something else No, I was just wondering, just overall in general. I wonder, can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. I can now. Oh, it was a little weird hey, earlier. Okay. Yeah, there we go. Right. Um, I was wondering, just in general, I know we're talking about PlayStation and Xbox and everything else. I wonder, just where does that leave Nintendo Switch? It just kind of seems that this competition between the both of them has kind of left Nintendo on the wayside. Uh, what is Nintendo doing this year? I I, I would like to make a comment about that uh, real fast, and and I'm going to go to Gary because I'm going to try to steal the words uh, out of his mouth. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Nintendo is perfectly fine right now in their own lane because the Switch is doing incredibly well, still selling out. It actually was sold out throughout this uh, pandemic because I know our very good friend Ricky, who has an editorial on the site, is telling me he was buying a new Switch at the time, and it was selling out. So, and then, of course, Gary's favorite game. Uh, Shen, the game that you uh, did a post for this week. Oh, yeah, Shin Megami Tensei 5. There you go. That right there is a perfect re- that, that, that that is a perfect answer to your question. Nintendo don't need to worry about next gen because they're doing pretty incredibly well. They got a whole bunch of games in development um, that people are looking forward to. So I think they're going to continue to stay in their own lane. Yeah, I, I think um, like the Switch is the one platform that I I would say is exempt from the competition. I mean, they're, they're all kind of friendly now, so it doesn't matter anyway, but the Switch is just in a, in a lane of its own, because they have exclusives, and then, you know, they also have, like, they, they actually have a lot of third party this time around. You know, they, they didn't have that last time with the, uh, with the Wii U, but this time around, they got third party support, and they have exclusives that you won't find anywhere, so it's like, you know, you, you have to have the Switch if you want those games, and, um, and the only thing with the Switch is that games don't release as frequently as they do on the other platforms, but it doesn't matter because most people have the Switch in addition to another platform anyway. So, you know, when when it's like that, there's not really a competition because, you know, the way people look at it, it's like, uh, you know, you, you're, you're going to have, you're going to have you know, your, your main console but then you're going to have the switch in addition. It's, it's like clothing, right? You're going to have your top, you're going to have your bottom, and then, you know, you might throw on a backpack as well. So, like, the switch is like the backpack. <laughs> you know, you have it in addition. So, so yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy analogy there. But, yeah, so good points all around. Um, is there anything else, you know, you guys want to say about, you know, competition between the, the, the consoles or next gen as a whole after what we've seen today uh, before we wrap up? Well, I, I, I do have a comment to me, but I think Dana was actually about to ask you something else. So I'll, I'll ask after she asked you the question she was going to ask you. Um, I was going to say that in that regard of how Nintendo is fine by staying in its own lane, if, for example, PlayStation or Xbox was to, ad- to adopt that same mindset, would they be better off? 
Wait, say, say it again. If, so we're saying how Nintendo is successful just by staying in its own lane, right? Yeah. So if PlayStation or Xbox adopted that same mentality and not focus their attention on the other console, mm-hmm. would they be better off? Um, I mean, yeah. You know, if, if, if they start trying to kind of go in their own direction with things, yes. But I think it would take them some time. And the, the way it's set up at the moment, they can't just make that shift because it's like they have games that are direct competitors, and also they're you know it, they're just fighting for the same market share with the type of games that's on their platform and the kind of graphics and and you know technology that they're outputting. They're just competing you know with the same for the same market. Um, so it's not as easy for Sony and Microsoft to just go off and do their own thing. I think that sort of um, you know, direction will take time to build. Um, and because Microsoft, if you look at them, they've slowly been trying to do that, like with Games Pass, like it, they've slowly been trying to go in a different direction ever since you know the, uh, this generation kind of didn't go so well for them initially. They've you know just been trying to like go in a in a, in a separate uh, in a separate route, uh, if you will. So. Um, I, I think it just takes time, and you know, Games Pass is is the wild card that Microsoft has to kind of go in a different direction. I think, and uh, and yeah. So at the moment, they're just in the same lane. But what was you going to say, Rich? I would like to answer that question and say um, this might be a bit of a controversial answer, but uh, in my honest opinion. I think if Sony stayed in their own lane, they'll be perfectly fine. I do not think Microsoft would be fine if they stayed in their own lane because of what you mentioned about Game Pass. Think about how Microsoft was doing things before when they wasn't acknowledging PC, when they didn't bring things to PC. I feel like they need to... That has definitely helped their business now making their games available on Windows 10. So I feel like they definitely need that. If they didn't have that... It might be a lot harder for Microsoft to continue to be successful. I'm not saying they wouldn't sell games. I'm just saying it's going to be harder for them to sell games. Whereas with PlayStation, as we have seen recently, Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima sales uh, through the roof. So they have proven that they can sell their PlayStation exclusives, especially when their games you've waited so long for. You know, regardless of how the game ultimately is, they still sell incredibly well. So I feel like Sony... If they was to not focus on any competition whatsoever, they'd be perfectly fine. Same thing with Nintendo. Uh, but for Microsoft, if, if, it's, if, if it's just Xbox and they're not putting stuff out on PC, I feel like they're going to have a, a lot more of a harder time. Because it feels to me like in the past, before, when they didn't bring games to PC or Windows 10, a lot of people would look at the, you, you would look at, you know, the web- websites talking about the sales number. Um, and you will see that Xbox would never chart in NPD. So that would make you think, oh, well, X-part, Xbox is not doing good. But then when, all of a sudden, when they bring these games like Gears of War 5, like Forza Horizon 2 to PC, now you still now you do see those games chart on NPD sometimes. Whereas before, when it's only on Xbox One or whatever, it, we, we really saw that number get on there and stay on there. So I feel like they 100% need PC in their in their ecosystem right now, and it has definitely worked for them. So, yes, they 100 percent would need that to continue to be successful. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Um, any more thoughts on that, or Dana, did you want to address that again? No, Dana's good. Okay, satisfied with that answer? Yes. Cool. All right. So, um, all right. So, um, in terms of next generation, so um, let's just go around the board and give you know one one more sentence from each of us about what we like, where what our stance is basically going into this next generation and what your position is. So, let's do that. So, I'll start this off. Right. So, currently, my stance on next generation is I'm I'm not very impressed with what I've seen and I'm happy to just you know stay with the, the, the platforms I have at the moment which is PC and PlayStation 4 I will be getting a switch also so I'm just gonna you know I'm just gonna have those platforms for the next year or so and I am in no rush to get into next gen and I recognize that um, you know, uh, we're not actually going to start to see next-gen looking games until two to three years later. So that's my stance on next-gen at the moment. So I'm gonna go to you for you next, Dana. Um, what's your stance on next-gen currently? Now, as we already know, the the graphics part is not really going to update to the two to three years from now. So that is not something that I want to jump up and get a new console for. In terms of the games and exclusives, I do believe that we have to just wait and see a little bit more of what they're offering. Also, I need a price. Money. That would be very important to me. And it seems like it's taking forever just to get to some one simple thing. Um, so as of now, I am okay with what I have. And I just look forward to knowing what a price is and seeing more, maybe, uh, the exclusives. Cool. So, yeah, pretty much the same stance as me, too. So, um, and let's go to you next, Rich. What's your stance on next gen currently? Yeah, I, I do feel as though it's going to take uh, a lot more time before we see the power of next-gen. The Unreal Engine 5 will not be available to developers until 2021. So, uh, yeah, you're probably going to be waiting another two or three years before you see a game utilizing that uh, engine to its full, fullest possible capabilities. Um, with that said, I, I, will, I will say that, however, if I was to choose a console right now that I would purchase, obviously... I'm still going to purchase a Sirius X and a PS5 at some point, but if you was to ask me today which console would I purchase based off of what I have seen, uh, I still would go with PS5 only because there are a lot of games that I did see in that presentation that I was interested in. Uh, and, and again, I've, I've already, I know what Naughty Dog is capable of, I know what Sucker Punch is capable of, so. I feel a lot more confident uh, investing in whatever other ideas they bring forward, even though they haven't revealed what other games they're working on for PS5 yet. So that's what I what my answer would say. But I would also add that in terms of what Microsoft is doing, I am interested in what Microsoft is doing. However, I really do hope that Microsoft continues to focus on their first party lineup. And as Phil has said multiple times recently, they are still 
considering buying other studios. I think they 100% should do that uh, if they have the money to do that. Um, yeah, and just continue to build up their lineup because, and, and, I, and I hope that when they make these purchases, they are really good purchases. I'm not saying that them buying up Compulsion Games because that's one studio that didn't show anything today. I'm not saying those aren't good purchases. Obviously, we still have to see what they show, but I just hope that they think a lot more about the studios that they're purchasing and what they can bring to the Xbox ecosystem. Because when Sony purchased Insomniac Games, that was a big deal. And I instantly thought of the fact, you know, Sunset Overdrive was a great game. It's a game a lot of people slept on. Uh, I, w- I was hoping we were going to get a sequel to that, and we didn't. But that's a perfect example of a studio that, a studio that Microsoft could have purchased and did not purchase. So I hope they make better decisions moving forward if they are going to continue to purchase other studios um, and just give people a lot more things to look forward to in the future. Cool. And how about you, Max? What's your stance on next-gen currently? Um, I'm mostly echoing what Dana and Rich said, and you said, honestly. Um, I'm not super sold on things yet. Uh, I was more sold on the PS5 conference than I have been at the Xbox conference, but I also have to keep in mind that a lot of the games shown at uh, both will be on both consoles. Um, So that's kind of important when it comes to justifying a console decision, but at the end of the day, I think I'm going to pick a PS5 over an Xbox because I have a One X, I can play games on my Xbox for the next two years, and most likely just on my PC. So even if there are the few that don't come to PC, I'll have the One X to play them on. It won't be the best experience, but like it's possible. So yeah, I'm mostly just sitting pretty. Gonna um, try and save up for the PS5. I hope they announce the price soon. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to things. Just not super sold on anything yet. I do think that they have um, some stuff up their sleeve. Like, I'm looking forward to uh, the features that we talked about earlier that we haven't seen anything on on either console yet. Um, I know the One X will have the same UI as the Series X, so we'll actually see that ahead of time. But I'm really interested about what uh, Sony and PlayStation are going to do with their feature set. Because, like, I'm interested in all the gimmicks of the DualSense... uh, I want to say DualSense 5, but I think it's just DualSense. Um... I'm interested in all those little gimmicks and like what they're going to do with the UI, because if I'm not mistaken, the PS4 UI has stayed the same all-gen, correct? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So I'm curious to see what that's going to turn into, because I love that stuff. I'm very interested to, as to what they'll do. But yeah, it's all it's all just a big waiting game, and it kind of sucks that these presentations haven't done much to, uh, to levy that. It's just been more... We've seen cool trailers and everything, and then we know nothing more about what's when we're getting to see these things, so that sucks. But it is pretty soon, and they better announce these prices soon. That's the biggest thing, is prices. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to, you know, get our stances on that, So because I, I, I really want to know if our stances are going to change in the coming months after more information is revealed. So we will come back and revisit this again, you know, and see if our if our uh, stances change a little. Uh, but I go ahead. I'm I'm just gonna make a, a prediction right now, and we can revisit this in the future. But I'm going to make a wild prediction now that Gary will be the first one to pre-order a PS5 as soon as it is announced. <laughs> <laughs> Bold <Insult>. prediction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because then, because then, then, when they announce it, 
Sony's going to announce Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake <laughs> Episode Two will also be launching later this year. Now you know I'm joking because no way in hell that game is coming out later this year. But yeah, that, that's what's going to happen. I was literally about to say that. Like, all it would take for me to pre-order one of these consoles is for for one of the companies to say Final Fantasy 16 is coming out next year, or you know, Final Fantasy Remake Two is coming out in six years. You know, if they say anything like that, I'm pre-ordering straight away. So. <laughs> six years, right? Oh, okay. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, but. With that being said, you know, that's uh, the end of our discussion. That's <laughs> yeah, true. So, uh, we're going to get to shout-outs, and then, you know, we're going to be out of here. So, Dana, you got any shout-outs? Um, shout-outs to everyone who is listening, and I'm the only person excited for WWE Battlegrounds. No, you're not. Not the only one. Oh! oh, oh you have yeah, joined the excitement. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think Adam is looking forward to it as well. Although, you know, we'll see about that. We'll have to talk about that again on WrestleCast. So, <laughs> Rick, Ricky, Rick, Ricky is the one that is not impressed. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, we still pray for Ricky. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that game. And no one talked about that. That should be a part of the showcase. But at yeah. least Nintendo included in theirs. So, yay. Game of the year, right there, right? Game of the year. Uh, look, you laugh, but I have never seen a trailer that just looked fun. This looked really, really fun. And after you, what we had with Two K Twenty, that was a complete and utter disaster. This looks really promising. It looks like a complete one eighty. So I am excited for this game. I hope it does not let me down. I hope they worked on it and there's no glitches. And that it's just enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope so. Let's hope uh, that that game is a miracle and it turns out to, to be um, the best game, the best wrestling game in the world. we not? Oh, yeah, yeah. A, a miracle. Wow. It's so sarcastic. It's knocking my happiness. Whoa. It, can anyone hear that? Like, it sounds like a robot. Yeah, robot. Okay. Robot, robot. Robot Dana. Robot Dana. That is not me. Not me. Everyone always blames me. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, WWE Battlegrounds. Keep an eye on it. Could be. So how about you, Max? Any shout outs before we get out of here? Thanks to everyone who uh, was watching the podcast, either live or um, in uh, in all of the various recorded formats. Um, it was awesome to be on. Thanks for inviting me on, Gary. Uh, and yeah, uh, shout-outs to Sony and Microsoft for putting together very okay shows for us to witness and to get us somewhat excited for next-gen. Indeed, yeah. Well, we definitely got to have you back again. It was nice, you know. This used to be like every week for us, you know. This this cast right here, you know, me, yep. you know, Max, Rich, you know. So, brought back memories. That OG. Definitely. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, um, and you know, uh, definitely uh, let us know about your channel and everything, and then all the work you're doing. I'll I'll drop links for the people so they can follow you and everything. Um, Absolutely. I'll send it over to you in DM. 
and uh, Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. Any shout outs? Yes, uh, shout outs to you all. Dana, Gary, and Max. Uh, excellent discussion today. Um, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's watching or listening, uh, especially those in the chat. I know we had a uh, Red, Red, Red If Me was in there. We had Reggie Butler. We had uh, Big Daddy Double X and Midnight Games. So uh, thank you all for checking out the show. Uh, we definitely have some more podcasts coming very soon. So stay tuned and um, enjoy the rest of your rest of your evening. Definitely. And yeah, I want to give a big shout out first and foremost to you know some of our Patreon supporters, um, M. Collins, Mauricio Aguilar. Him Deal, Fergus Bills, Miguel, Antonio Rogers, and I also want to shout out some of our, you know, closest supporters and, and, you know, associates, such as Wesley, you know, always supporting and everything. I want a big, uh, shout out to, uh, to, to Reggie, Reggie Butler, um, shouts to Red Infamy as well, um, and, you know, shouts to everyone over at the Throwdown. And you know um, all the, the the TK alumni and everything, um, and you know just just anyone who's listening right now, you know big shouts to you, um, and thank you for supporting the coalition. You know on this this twelve year mission, uh, you know that we that we've had, and to this day it's still fun to just get on and do this show. You know watch your Xbox stream and everything. And, and you know talk about it so I'm, I'm so happy that we have a platform where we can do this and you know people actually want to listen so I'm, I'm very grateful for all of that and I'm humble so uh, thank you to everyone um, and we will be back again uh, me and Richard actually have been talking you know behind the scenes and we have some big plans for the future so hopefully you know we're gonna, uh, we're gonna get back into the swing of things so that we're pumping out more content you know, in the future, it just it's just it's just a building thing. We all build, and then you know, once we, we we get to that point where we're comfortable, then we're gonna you know make sure there's an influx of you know new content um, and everything. So, uh, let, let's hope we get to that point soon. But um, thank you all for sticking with us over the years, and uh, you know, let, let, let's uh let's see what this next gen is about. So peace out everyone, take it easy, and we'll be back soon.